Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Thanks for joining us today. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. Here we are talking about business, branding, sports topics, and of course, we're also giving you insights and advice on how to move the ball and make things happen. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you haven't yet followed the podcast, make sure that you do so so that you never miss an episode as part of this series, as well as the regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests for this season and also for the rest of this series. Lots of awesome guests coming up. For today's show, Inside the Huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Teron Vinson. Teron, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here with us for today's chat. Before we kick things off, let me just share a little bit more about your bio. Teron is a defensive tackle who played college football at The Ohio State University. During this past season, he played in 454 defensive snaps and recorded 23 tackles, two tackles for loss, TFLs, and one fumble recovery. Teron was also invited to participate in the East-West Shrine Bowl game, and we will talk about that and more on today's episode. All right, Tehran, are you ready to move the ball? Yes. So let's run things way back. Let's start. You're from the Baltimore, Maryland area. You went to high school in Florida at IMG Academy. Just tell us about how did you get into football? Obviously, your dad played in the league. We'll talk about that for a minute here, too. But tell us about the first time you suited up or when you picked up a football. I had to be like a little, little kid. I mean, I grew up pretty much getting born then to my dad. He was already playing, so I've just been around football my whole life. So probably around, like, even four or five, I started, like, really playing football. And what about the sport made you fall in love with the game? Just, like, the brotherhood you make with your teammates. It's one team chasing a common goal, and then playing football, you can just physically hit somebody as hard as you can. So I enjoy that as well. Yes, there's definitely a physical aspect to the sport for sure. Now, my listeners know that I've been a student of the game since I was four years old. And my listeners also know that I wrote my first book called Move the Ball, which kicked off this whole movement and the podcast. In that book, I talk about a lot of the lessons that I learned from football and how you can use them off the field to be successful. When you look at what football taught you outside of the work ethic, the hard work, the teamwork, what are some of the other things that you took away from football that you think have helped you to get to where you are this far and then that will help you as you continue on in life probably just being like especially being at ohio state things are like kind of just chaotic some news always coming up on the schedule you always got to do this something like that and i feel like just transferring that to the real life like life can get chaotic at times sometimes so i feel like that just helps me process those real life moments outside of football 
And you talk about life being chaotic. I mean, we've seen so much just adjustment that's had to be made with COVID, the pandemic, just everything that's gone on since 2020. So being familiar with how to adapt and adjust and you learn that through football as well is really a skill that serves you well in this kind of environment for sure. So you play defensive tackle. When you look at this position, what skills do you think are necessary to play this position well? I say just like a good base, a good get off, somebody that has violent hands, just a high motor person, somebody that's, that's relentless, and just being able to get off, defeat blocks fast. And you went to IMG Academy in Florida for a high school. I mentioned you're from Maryland. What was that like transitioning from Baltimore to Florida? It's a very different climate for one, a nicer, warmer climate. <laughs> How was that adjustment? What was that like playing at IMG? That was great. It's just an uh, experience, I guess. I, I met people from all over the world because IMG is a boarding school. So I made friends from China, Russia, stuff like that. I got to play in states I probably think I would never travel to. I got to play in Utah, just multiple California games. It was a good experience. I feel like it got me ready for the collegiate level, just the way our schedule was made. So I, I can't complain about it. It was a good experience. For sure. And IMG is definitely, it's a boarding school, as you mentioned, but it's also the level of athletes that you play with and against is just top notch for that age group as well. So it really helps you to improve your game as well. Now, while you were there, you were a five-star prospect by 24sports.com and rivals.com. And both of those recruiting services, they rated you as the number one defensive tackle in the nation. You were also nationally rated as the number 19th player on the ESPN 300 and number 20 on the 24-7 sports composite. And so when you look at just like what you were doing right, even in high school, what were some of those things that made you elite? I think just my work ethic and I had a high motor in high school, still do. Just constant work. And I think just that environment I was in, I was trying to be the best at the position, best in football. So I feel like just the environment I was brought up in just made the outcome. And you were really at the top of your game in high school. You were also honored with the prestigious Maxwell Club's first ever National High School Defensive Player of the Year Award. So very impressive. Now, you were heavily recruited while at IMG. Many, many different offers. Alabama, USC, Penn State, Clemson, Georgia, Michigan. The list goes on and on. Why did you choose Ohio State? My defensive line coach, Coach Johnson, I've known him since like eighth grade, seventh grade. He, was rec he recruited my older brother to go to Penn State and... Just from there, I created a relationship with him. So I feel like when it came down to make my decision with my relationship with him, it was easy. For sure. And you definitely, when you have relationships with people that you trust that are part of the staff, it makes that decision an easier one because you already have those relationships in place. Mm -hmm. So we mentioned earlier that your dad played in the league. For those that somehow don't know, your dad is Troy Vincent, who played college football at Wisconsin. He was drafted by the Dolphins as the seventh overall pick in the 1992 NFL draft. He had a very extensive, very successful NFL career, was a five-time NFL Pro Bowler for the Eagles. He was Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. So, I mean, just so many accomplishments that your dad achieved during his career. And I know he played a significant influence on you. When you looked at your dad's influence and how he guided you throughout high school and college, like what were some of the things that he did to really help you to excel? He just, he stayed on me, just like little reminders that the things that make players great, just like taking care of my body and stuff. He constantly on that making sure I'm recovering in a proper way, hydrated, just, just little things that you may forget about when you get caught up in a moment. He just always reminded me of those things. And 
with guys who come on this path to the draft series, we of course talk about their time playing college football, but there's something else that I want to highlight about you that is also impressive beyond football. Throughout your time at OSU, you were an OSU scholar athlete and an academic all Big Ten. Very important. As you know, it's not easy to be a student athlete. So layer on the demands of a football program that's always a top tier program with trying to do your academic studies. And it's definitely a testament to your hard work to achieve those accolades. So how did you manage your time so that you could academically perform well, as well as perform on the football field? Just time management, really. I feel like from IMG, just the way that schedule was, it kind of helped me prepare because when you get to college, you have practices and stuff, but like you have a lot of free time here and there. And if you're not handling that free time well, but I always just try to knock out all my schoolwork early in the week so I could just chill by the weekend. That's a good approach. So let's talk about college football. Now, when you look back at your time playing college football at Ohio State, what have you learned about yourself? I learned a lot. I learned that I can fight through adversity. I made a whole bunch of friendships and brotherhoods that will probably last me until I die. Just how to really work, just experiencing, just, just through the draft process, like training at XO, seeing it. Other schools guys come from and then seeing the guys come from Ohio State, see how we work, just our work ethics and stuff like that. I feel like I learned a lot. Helped me become a man that I am today. And you mentioned the relationships with the guys and you talk about how football is a brotherhood. I mean, those relationships are going to, no matter where you go, they will be with you, whether it's football related or beyond football. And you made me think about earlier on the season, I had a gentleman by the name of Jose Jefferson who runs the College Gridiron Showcase. And he said to the guys at the end of it, pay attention to the relationships because those are going to be with you forever. You'll have friends for life. And so it's not just about football. It's about everything else too. So those relationships will go far. And when you look at the people at Ohio State that really helped you to improve as a person and a player, whether it's a teammate or a coach or somebody else on the staff, who are some of the key people for you? Uh, I would definitely say Coach Johnson, my position coach, Coach Mick, the head shrimp, Coach KP, he's one of the assistant shrimp coaches. Dudes like Javante, Gene Baptiste, Jerron Cage, Tyree Smith, like those guys. Footballs, they can be draining at times, but they keep your mind fresh and just remind you on what your, your end goal is. And you've had some injuries throughout your career at Ohio State. And so like when you had that shoulder injury, how does that feel? I mean, it's very mentally tough to deal with any injury, but how is that like for you? It was rough at first. It's like, because when you get hurt, like, you kind of on a whole different schedule as the football team, like, because the, they still got to keep playing games and winning. So it was kind of rough. Just feel like I was a part of the team, but I made sure to insert myself any type of way I could while I was hurt to stay involved with the team. But, like, my dad, he was the only person that helped me through that. Uh, just saying, like, injuries is a part of sport. I can't get down on myself. Like, it's, it's a part of football. So I just had to rehab and recover and get back as fast as I could. And as you know, becoming a better player doesn't just take place on the football field. There's a lot of preparation that goes on outside of that in the weight room, the film room, and just by being on the sideline too and observing. How did this injury help you to become a better player? You kind of get to just see everything from a different angle. Like you're not on the field with your hand in the ground. You're seeing it from the sideline. So you're seeing little icks and stuff. Maybe you get to focus more on the formations of the offense and stuff like that. So just feel like my, help my, my IQ of football get better. And as you're progressing through from freshman year, I mean, you got to play your freshman year, some sophomore, you're playing some junior, you're playing. Like, what are the things that you're really improving on or focusing on trying to get better at throughout the college career? Uh, just my hand, my hand violence, where my hands are, hands are played, you being placed, my pass rush skills, 
Like my hand placements again, my get off, just kind of like going back to the football IQ thing, just like the game getting slower a little bit, allowing me to play faster, stuff like that. And when you look at your time at Ohio State, what were some of your favorite games that you played in or favorite memories? My favorite game, probably the Rose Bowl when we played Utah. That was probably my favorite game. Yeah, no, it's it's nothing that tops that game. And when you look at this last season, 2022 season, Ohio State had a really great run, ended up making it into the college football playoffs as well. Tell us about just that season as a whole. Like, what was it like being a part of the team, the camaraderie, the energy, all of that stuff? It was good. Good experience. We had a new defensive staff, so that was good. They came in, fit right in. Everybody loved them. I mean, we had a great, great season. Guys played good. We didn't beat team up north this year, Michigan. We didn't beat our rivals this year, so those, and lost to Georgia in the playoffs. So those kind of ended up the season a little heartbreaking to note. But I feel like guys, they tried their hardest this season, tried to reproduce well. Guys get ready to go to the next level, so I can't complain. And you mentioned the game against Georgia, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which was the CFP semifinals game. Fun fact for those that like these little facts. So this was actually the first time that Ohio State has played in the Peach Bowl. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> little fun fact. Yeah, so in the 132-year history of the Buckeyes, they've played in 13 different bowl games, but they've never played in the Peach Bowl. So as you guys were training up for this semifinal game, was there anything that you were doing differently just to, you know, to try to perform well on game day? I don't feel like we did anything differently. I feel like we just kind of went back to the, the basics, just the hard work, like hard work, and then just going back to our fundamentals and just trying to show up ready. And how did it feel for you knowing that that was your last college football game? It was kind of like a, a bittersweet moment. Just sad I didn't get to end it the way I, w- I wanted to end it, but happy that I get to move on and, and chase my dreams of playing in the NFL. And so you were extended an invitation to play in the East-West Shrine Bowl game out in Las Vegas. And that event is not just a game. You've got a whole week of practices and meetings and interviews and all kinds of things. And so what were some of the things that you really liked about that week? Just the relationships I was able to make, talking to all the different teams, just having my face in front of a whole bunch of different scouts and stuff, a whole bunch of teams, just meet, meeting new players from other teams, going against, I guess, competition of other conferences. I was there with one of my teammates, Jerron Cage, so just going through that whole process with him, both of us trying to chase our dreams, so that was just a good experience. And as you're getting ready for the draft and doing your pre-draft training and getting ready for pro day, you were at Exos, like you mentioned, in Arizona, or some of the things that you were really focused on honing in on and getting better at to perform for pro day? Kind of just fixing all the little aches that I had from the season and then just trying to get my body in, in better shape, do drills and stuff. Cause I feel like I was just football, 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 kind of the pro day and stuff like doing a whole bunch of speed drills and jumping and running. So just getting my body back into that type of movement. And if a team were to ask you why they should pick you over somebody else, what would you say? Versatile. I make the D-line better. I can stop the run. I rush the passer. I have in the hands of a fast get off, a high motor. I could play anywhere on the D-line. I played the zero, the one, the three, the four-eye, the five. And I feel like I can, I can motivate and do servant leadership. Well, I think that's important, too, because you hear about people that have had a long career in the league, and it is about serving others. It's about focusing on the team. It's about the collective. And it's not just about you performing at your position, but maintaining the bigger picture and also being that servant leader so that your team as a whole can achieve the objective and perform better. So what I want to do now is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go through my two-minute drill. We'll be right back. 
Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy-to-implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Teron, we are back. And are you ready for some fun questions as part of my two-minute drill? Yeah. Let's go. The first question is, outside of football, what do you like to do? I love playing a video game. I love like Call of Duty. I like little story mode games. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Laid back, funny, and trustworthy. Great three words. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I have a, a Yorkie poo named Carlos. Oh, very nice. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a mentor or a coach? Stay in a moment. Like sometimes your mind gets and, can go all over the place and you just forget where you at. So you just got to be in a moment. I like it. And people talk about how in today's world, there's so many distractions and notifications and stuff. And so being able to stay locked in and focused is a competitive advantage. You wouldn't think so, but just with everything going on today, it tends to be those that perform well. Most definitely. I'm going to flip it now and ask, what is the best piece of advice that you would give someone? Kind of just win that moment. Sometimes you can get caught up, not really enjoy what you're doing or how far you've made it in your process or whatever you're doing in life. You just got to enjoy the little things I say. For sure. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion-dollar company, and why? <laughs> I would say probably world champion of my sport because then I feel like that can lead me to becoming the CEO of a company just because you win a lot of games, you're going to get a lot of money. You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? To Europe. Any specific country? Nah, as many as I can see. I've never been, so I definitely want to go visit. So the bonus question is, do you sing in the shower? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Would people say you're good? Uh, I'm, I'm all right. I ain't going to say I'm the best singer, but I'm all right. So football at some point will eventually come to an end. Have you thought about what you might want to do once you hang up your cleats? I definitely want to get into uh, real estate, and I want to get my dealer's license and work at a car dealership and try to get that type of business. Okay, great two things to dabble into. And so one of the things we talked about is servant leadership. And those that tend to do well in business, in football, they tend to be of that mindset. There's a right way to lead, a wrong way. Like you can get things done many different ways, but the people that tend to have people stand by them are the ones that do focus on serving and you know have the right qualities to be a great leader. So when you look at like what you think the important qualities of a leader are, what would those things be? Somebody that's consistently doing the right thing all the time and then somebody that's able to hold himself accountable or herself accountable and hold others accountable, kind of setting like a standard, I would say, for whatever you're doing, being able to do things for others while also leading them. Great answer. And so Ohio State has Coach Ryan Day there. When you look at Coach Day, what are some of the things that you think he does really well and how he chooses to serve and lead the organization? I think he's a player's coach. If you have, a, like, this team may have concerns about anything, he'll come to the players and ask us, like, what can he do? What, what can we do as a team to fix this or that or help what's going on? So I, I appreciate that about Coach Day. And so as we look to close the show, Tarant, let people know, where are you at on social media? How can they follow you on your journey? 
T underscore L-O-V-A 23 on all platforms. Okay, perfect. Are you a TikToker? No, nah, I don't be on TikTok. I don't be on TikTok. Okay. Just wanted to see. We will have your links in our show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Any last thoughts for our listeners or any shout outs? I appreciate you for having me. I'm glad that you're on and got to share more of your story with our listeners. And I wish you much success in the draft. Thanks so much for joining the show today. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. If you haven't already done so, make sure you hit that follow button so that you never miss a future episode and also share the show with a few friends too. Thanks again for listening and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.